Hey everyone, welcome to the show. It's me, Jeff. We've got a special guest today. We've got our volunteer, Thomas Hicks. Welcome to the show, Thomas. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Now, you're going to, of course, there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world recently. I mean, there's been riots, there's been fires, floods, earthquakes, civil unrest, there's been viruses, of course, all this kind of stuff going on. And it's, it's thrown, especially with the lockdowns, it's thrown everyone into kind of a state of panic, especially at first. And a lot of people were caught unprepared, which is why I wanted to have you on to talk today, because I know you are a big preparedness guru. It's kind of your hobby. So I was hoping you could give us some tips and pointers for me, but also for all of our viewers as well. Uh, sure, definitely. Um, and just to give a little bit of my background, um, I'm an Eagle Scout. Um, I've been kind of in this whole preparedness world, if you will, for probably, I guess, a decade now. Um, you know, some people call it prepping. Uh, the term kind of has a bit of a negative yeah. connotation. Because it's just, <laughs> That's what I thought of, too. Has this... Tinfoil hat with a bunker. And... <laughs> right, right, right. Just this idea of stockpiling and, you know, thinking the world's going to collapse and not really rationally going about it. Um, so, you know, I really like to start with a few things as far as going into the basics, right? There's three things you have to really prepare. Um, mindset, first off, is everything. No matter what situation you're in, um, you're going to need the proper mindset to handle it. Um, whether you're just, you know, living a normal everyday life um, or you're stuck in the woods all alone and you don't really have anything with you, um, mindset can be the thing that saves you. Um, next on that list, the next thing would be your skills, um, both your hard skills that you've kind of developed over time, just the ability to do certain things like, you know, build a fire, build shelter, um, purify water, things like that, um, you know, and soft skills, just being kind of aware of your surroundings, things like that. Um, and then, of course, you have the big thing that most preppers focus on, and that's just all of your uh, supplies, right? All of, you know, the things, your, your equipment, the things you're going to stockpile for the you know, doomsday scenario when you go into the bunker. Okay. Um, so we got mindset. And so, and so those are like, and, yeah. And equipment or supplies. All right. Okay. Right. Right. Um, so those, those are the big things to kind of, when you first start, because this, this whole topic, right. It can be quite overwhelming to think about because you don't spend every single day, every single waking hour, at least most of us don't. <laughs> um i hope not just, just thinking about the end of the world <laughs> right yeah yeah it'd be quite uh depressing to do mm -hmm. um now there's time not so long ago about a year and a half ago where a lot of us were starting to think that way um and we saw all the panic that ensued then from mm -hmm. not being prepared so that's uh definitely <laughs> you know being prepared can help you be ready for those situations yeah and now, now i'm curious about the mindset that you mentioned because clearly when all of the corona stuff started to go down, a lot of people were not in the right mindset and they panicked and you're buying all of the toilet paper. So what is the right mindset to be ready for a disaster emergency scenario? Um, well, the right mindset would just be to really be pragmatic about the situation. Um, know basically what can happen. You know, do your research, be knowledgeable as much as you can and just be collected because if you panic you're more than likely to make the wrong decision 
um, spend the money on the wrong resource. You know, a lot of people were buying up <laughs> foods that were perishable <laughs> items <laughs> instead of canned foods, right? Just because they were panicking and they were only buying, you know, the available foods at the store um, or, you know, bags of potato chips when you could buy canned goods for less, right? Mm-hmm. It last a lot longer, have a lot more nutritional value. So yes, being collected, I think collected is probably the best way to phrase in one word what your mindset should be just completely able to focus on what's going around you without being caught up in the moment okay good good so we've got mindset and skills what kind of skills do you want to have well so there's i mean you can have there's so many skills to have right (laughs) it's a really vast topic and you can go anywhere from just basic wilderness survival all the way up to long-term survival on your own without any support network. Um, yeah. Hunger, hunger, games forever, type right? stuff. <laughs> hunger games type stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, right. So I like to start with, you know, the basics um, and really, you know, being able to build a fire, being able to purify your own water, um, being able to even collect your own water. Right. You know, if the, if the taps turned off today, what would you do? Um, just ask your quest, ask yourself questions about what is it that you need on a daily basis to survive and then kind of find ways to mitigate if, uh, if those resources went away. So like if your electricity went off, what would you do? If, you know, your, uh, if your gas went off to, you know, to your stove, um, what would you do? If water turned off, what would you do? Uh, if there's no longer food available in the stores, things like that, right? So basically asking yourself questions about, you know, where everything comes from, where do you get it, and what would happen if you didn't have that. Um, those are kind of where you want to start with your skills. Mm. Um, so it, it sounds know, like that kind of feeds really, from, it sounds like that kind of feeds from the mindset of like being prepared, thinking about right. ahead, of what, ahead of time what could happen, and then trying to address those things in your skill set. Yeah, certainly. Um, and so really, I like to focus on skills that are going to have multi-di- multi-dimensional values. Um, building a fire is, you know, it's one of the most primitive, but it's also one of the most important ones because you can use it to stay alive, um, you know, if it's cold out, right? You can use it to purify water by boiling it. Um, you can use it to make food. So, you know, you've got multiple, multiple aspects to that one skill. Um, they really come in handy there. Mm-hmm. Very nice, very nice. Well, that's that's kind of a basic thing for scouts, right? Especially Eagle Scouts. Yeah, yeah, certainly, definitely. Um, and you know, really, you know, there's a saying that it kind of gets bandied about in the prepper community. It's called um, two is one, one is not, right? Having backup plans to your backup plans. Um, so, like, say you have a big lighter. That's the easiest way to build a fire with, right? You just hit the button and now you've got a flame. And it feels like cheating. That's really the easiest. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it does, right? We're so fortunate. (laughs) But, you know, on top of that, flint and steel, um, you could have, you know, you can can use a bow to make a, uh, just basically using a friction fire um, if you really wanted to get primitive with it. I've never tried that, Um, actually. there's, There's quite a few. Yeah, I don't recommend it um, because you're going to have to find pretty particular wood. You're going to have to spend 
it's going to be, it, it needs to be quite dry. You're going to spend quite a while trying to make it. And it's a mostly fruitless endeavor at most times, unless you, unless you really build that skill, you know, it goes back to skill building. Yeah. If you work on it, if you practice it enough, you're going to get proficient with it. It'd be really determined. But... Yeah, certainly. Um, so yeah, then of course you've got the equipment on top of that, um, which the lighter, the flint and steel, your all your different devices for staying alive. Um, so those those are your basic skills, you know. Um, I think really on top of being able to build a fire to you know purify water with is just being able to find water, knowing where to locate it, how to get to um, different sources. Uh, you know, where I live in the southeast, we get a lot of rain. Um, so it's pretty easy to put a tarp out on, you know, a few days out of the week, you might get some rain and get enough water to survive with just that. Um, you've got lakes, streams, ponds, pretty much everywhere, um, to collect from. So just being able to build those kind of basic skills for staying alive, um, you know, how to identify plants, how to identify, you know, wild animals, things like that really come in handy too and those are just the basics right um you know in a pandemic situation like we had last year when society is potentially collapsing those might not be the most necessity you know uh, necessitated at first but they could down the line Mm, true you never know when something starts you never know how bad it's going to get at the outset yeah no definitely Hmm. okay so equipment was the last one in there and i bet they could go crazy in depth with the equipment but yeah imagine so a lot of people a, on budget i, I bought a prop actually oh, okay. <laughs> definitely and so i've got one of my favorite preparedness items i actually brought with me um this right here um i don't know for anybody listening it's a water filter it's a about four inches long and about an inch wide it's a sawyer mini water filter these are twenty dollars um they screw on to the end of most water bottles and they will filter up to a hundred thousand gallons um so quite a bit of water and for twenty dollars it's pretty unbeatable um i I think that's probably one of my most recommended a hundred thousand gallons it's almost unbelievable to 0.1 micron wow that is does the water so come out any like does it come out slower having to go through that or um, no, so you're actually, since you can put it on the end of a water bottle, you just squeeze the water bottle and it, the pressure pushes it through just fine. Hmm. Very cool. But huh. quite a worthwhile investment, in my opinion. Very neat. You can get them on Amazon. Oh, that is very cool. Hmm. And do they, like, do they have a shelf life? Do they go bad after a while or? Um, well, I know with most water filters, they recommend not allowing it to freeze or get into freezing conditions while it has water in it. Um, as long as it's dry, it should be fine. But yeah, and you know they they do get clogged up over time. But when you buy one, it does come with a syringe, so you can backflow through the other end and basically push everything out, so it's good to go again. Okay, so it sounds like, of course, you need water to live. You die pretty quick without it. So getting a few of those yeah, yeah. might be a good start for any emergency kit. And they just screw onto the end, definitely of a water bottle, or also like a hose, or um, anything that's just got that standard um, water bottle and that thread fitting should work just fine. I'm sure you could find an end of a hose that might work well with it. All right. Good. Very good. Okay. So cool. Yeah, that's, definitely. That's and they do make, 
they they do make adapters for them so you could yeah you, know, you could put it onto something else like say a camelback water bladder that you would hike with it'll pop right onto the end of it nice nice all right so that's a pretty pretty cheap but also very necessary thing yeah so what are some other like other big things like that water food of course is another big one you're gonna die pretty quick without food well relatively quick you don't want to go without let's say that yeah so actually there's something i wanted to hit on um there's kind of the rules of three right you need uh three minutes without air um you're gonna expire um three hours without shelter if you're out in the elements um, and even quicker than that, sometimes if you go hypothermic, um, you get exposed to bad enough elements, you're going to die pretty quickly. Um, three days without water and then three weeks without food. Those are kind of the basics of the rule of three. Um, and it, it makes it easy to remember what you what the human body needs to survive. OK, that's good. So three minutes without air, three di- no, three hours, hours without, without shelter. shelter. Three days without water, right. three weeks without food. Okay, so air, because yeah. there's not much. Is there anything you can really do about air for a survival situation? Uh, we kind of assume it's still going I to mean, be. It, it, right, it, it depends what, what you're being exposed to, right? You know, you could, you could if you've got something really bad, um, say biological or chemical attack or whatever, you could have a, yes. a gas mask and that'll, you know, that'll keep you alive if you're using it properly and, you don't have facial hair like myself and <laughs> you know there's there's a lot of considerations there <laughs> true true but not not much else you can do besides that really other than you know having an oxygen tank with you hmm. yeah that's a little awkward to say the least and, and shelter was the next it one is. which is strange because i thought water would be next but it's shelter after that as the most important right yeah definitely and it it kind of gets overlooked a lot of times um but especially important when you're in a wilderness survival situation Mm -hmm. um, because if you end up needing you know to spend the night somewhere and say it gets to sub freezing temperatures not having shelter is a really fast way to go in fact my so interesting story and bit of a I guess it's on topic. My uh, granddad was a scoutmaster um, back in the seventies and eighties. And so he actually had an assistant scoutmaster that um, froze to death on a mountain um, on a hike because he didn't have, yeah, he didn't have a high enough rated sleeping bag and he didn't have a quality tent and he's, he's wearing cotton, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, cotton, it doesn't wick away moisture. So if you sweat, it freezes and you go hypothermic and you can expire quite quickly. That's awful. So, yeah, pretty gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. So if, let's say, if you had to leave your home, middle of the night catches on fire or something, and you have to grab something to take with you so you don't freeze to death, what's that something going to be? Um, so they make these really cool and really cheap um, mylar blankets. They've got a, it's basically a tin cover or aluminum covered um, reflective material on it that reflects your body heat. Um, you can get them probably a few dollars in most places. Amazon, I'm sure, is or, you know one of the most, I guess, biggest places you can go for preparedness items. Really, hmm. you can get you can get them at Walmart. You can get them pretty much anywhere. Um, and if you're on a budget, it's going to be the most effective tool you can have for staying alive in the elements. Hmm. Okay, so it's mylar covered with this shiny foil stuff. It sounds like it would 
tear easily and be pretty fragile. Is that the case? Um, it depends. It depends on the manufacturer. Um, most of them tend to be pretty durable. Um, it, it can tear, but you also, you know, you get what you pay for, right? And in an emergency situation, something that tears, it, you know, it might be okay as long as it keeps you alive, right? Hmm, true. And it sounds like it would be waterproof too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. So there's the air, then shelter, water. We talked about briefly. That yeah. Great purifier or, or boiling, and then some kind of container to carry the water would be helpful. Yeah, so that's another um, another thing I wanted to jump into. And you know, there's a lot of these, uh, I guess, mnemonic reminders you have that kind of help you remember things. And you know, I guess it's a, kind of a thing in the preparedness community, just easy ways to remember stuff. Um, because you know, easy ways to remember equals more skills that you can keep on the top of your head. And it's easier. it's easier when you're panicked too to remember a monic yeah, certainly in your mind. Right. Um, so one of those would be the five C's. You've got um cutting, so knife, um, or saw or axe, whatever you prefer, whatever's gonna be the most, I guess, beneficial to you. Um, everybody's got their preference. Uh combustion is the second one. So fire, um, any ways, you know, multiple ways you can basically build a fire with. Um then you've got cordage. So it kind of, it doesn't seem the most, I guess, it's not the first thing you would think of, right? When it comes to being prepared is, you know, having rope, but having oh, oh, rope, um, some type of cordage. Like, like, like a cord right. of firewood. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. No, no, no. So cordage being like a like paracord, parachute cord um, is, you know, usually the, the most efficient way to go about it because, uh, you know, the military standard, uh, 550 paracord will hold up to you know 550 pounds of weight and it's relatively thin it's only a few millimeters um maybe about a centimeter i guess um and you can store a lot of it it's pretty lightweight um but when it comes to cordage you can use it for uh building a shelter you can use it for uh, i guess if you wanted to if you're in bear country keep a bear bag off the ground with it um you can use it for creating a splint if you broke your leg it's it just really allows you to have a lot of capability with just something that's so simple and lightweight. Um, so that's the three C is cordage. Um, four is container. Um, typically you want a metal container because you can carry water in it. You can use that to boil your water. You can use it to cook food. Um, you can do all sorts of things. It really comes in handy to have some sort of container, um, whatever your preference is as far as size or weight or material. Um, that's really up to you, but having a container is pretty invaluable because you're not going to be able to carry any water you find really, and then boil it, um, without having a container. Yeah. Especially. Um, and then, yeah, definitely. Um, and then lastly is cover. And that kind of really comes back to that whole shelter aspect being out of the elements, um, having some sort of cover to keep you out of the rain, keep the wind off of you, even keep the sun off of you, um, I like things that are kind of multi-aspect, right? We talked about this a moment ago, but a poncho um, is probably one of the best things to fill that role of having cover because you can wear it. It's going to keep you out of the elements while you wear it, but then also you can use it as a shelter. Um, with with the addition of your cordage, you can create a you know a lean-to, a tarp, if you will, um, covering to keep you out of out of the elements there. And then if you wanted to expand it further, you know, once you've got your lean-to built. You know, you could put branches leaned up against it 
You put, you know, leaves, pine straw on top of that, and then you can insulate it. And so now you've got a really a much more preferable shelter from uh, the cold. Uh, it does sound does sound much better than just huddling in a poncho. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Very good. Those. So it was that. That was all five C's, right? Yeah, that was the five C's: cutting, cutting combustion, cordage, container, and then cover. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So then, ideally, you'd get all of those things in some kind of like a light backpack or something. You just grab and take. Oh out yeah. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um. So that that comes to another thing I wanted to talk about is just layering your systems, right? So you can go all the way from just whatever's on your person. That's what you want to start with. Um, so being able to carry a knife wherever you go is really handy. I know a lot of places you can't carry it. I work at the airport. I can't keep a knife on me. Um, so that, that can be a problem, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, then, you know, you want, you can easily keep, keep a lighter on you. You know, if you're a smoker, not recommending it, but it's, you know, <laughs> it's easy to keep a lighter on you at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, then from your, from your person, what you keep on your person, um, you can go on to what you keep in like a day bag or purse. Um, I've got a backpack that stays with me at all times. Just, it makes it easy to have the necessities. Um, I like to keep a little bit of medical equipment in there. Um, and, and speaking on medical, um, you know, one of those things that's easy to keep on your person is a tourniquet. Um, they run about $25 for a quality tourniquet and you can save lives pretty quickly with one. Um, if, if, if you need one and don't have it, it's, it's hard to replicate with a belt or a t-shirt or something like that. Um, and to me, it's, it's so simple. It's so cheap for what it does. So easy to carry on you, you know, having a tourniquet's pretty much, um, at least in my world, it's kind of mandatory, um, just because of the capabilities it gives you. Yeah. So it can slide into a pocket. Yeah. It can slide into a pocket. Um, they make carriers so you can carry one around your ankle. Um, they're pretty, pretty small and compact. It, it, it's easy to do if you adjust your lifestyle a little bit to it. Okay. Good. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. So the next was like the day bag, the purse, right? You can kind of layer and go into having more items in that, right? So you can kind of build up, um, carry the bulkier things that you just can't fit in your pocket. You can't fit in your person. Um, and from, from there, you know, you can go into more larger scale um, I guess bags, right? So keep a day, a bag in your car for, or near the door for if you were to just have to leave everything and just go at a moment's notice, like say Yellowstone super volcanoes erupting, right? <laughs> Not the most likely scenario, but if you have to get out real quick, yeah. you don't have time to pack. At least, you know, you've got a bag that you can live at for a few days or a few weeks and be able to survive any situation you're going to encounter. Um, it's really, you know, handy to have that. Um, when you need it. Um, from there, you know, stuff that you can keep in your vehicle, maybe not the most mobile type items, right? Like say if you, uh, if you, need, if you needed an ax and you didn't want to carry it, you know, on your, on your bag or on your person. What kind uh, of person doesn't want to carry an ax around? Right. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> but, you know, if you come in handy, uh, you know, having one in your, in your truck or in your trunk, um, you know, just the larger items like that, right? Not, not saying you have to go carry an ax everywhere now, but that's just a example. Um, and then from there, uh, just stuff you keep at your house, right? Stuff like if you're going to just bug in and survive and, 
just ride out whatever's happening, um, you know, your, your house is always your best bet because you can store much more there that you would need to survive, um, you know, than, than what you can on your person or in a bag. Um, you can have much larger variety of tools, a much greater amount of uh, food preparations. Um, and we can get into that later, but just your, your home's your castle, right? And you want to treat it as such. Okay, nice. So multiple, I guess, layers of preparation, starting with yourself, so that no matter where you are, if something goes down, you'll have at least some degree of preparation and not be caught completely off guard without anything, any resources to help you survive. Yeah, certainly. Um, one of the things I like to keep on my person when I can is a small pin light, a little flashlight about the size of a pin, um, because there's plenty of situations you can find yourself in where the lights go out, um, power goes out. Uh, you might need it, and your the light on your cell phone isn't always the best. Mm-hmm. True, true. Hmm. All right. So knife, uh, pen, flashlight. All right. Right. Anything else? You mentioned a tourniquet. Anything else that people should just kind of have on their person? Um. Well, it really it depends on your level of preparedness, right, and what you're willing to. The, the level of risk you're willing to accept the you know the levels of how much you want to carry right um you know security is definitely a big thing we've noticed within the last year or so that you know you're not always going to be able to re- rely on police when you need them um so if you can and you're comfortable with it um having some sort of self-defense carrying a handgun uh is a good idea um I, th- I think it really depends on your laws and what level of risk you're willing to, to accept there. Um, but I think, I, I believe it's a good idea. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> you're right. You never know what's, what's going to happen, what's going to go down. And, yeah, and, and really to sum up all of the whole preparedness thing is it's better to, you know, have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Mm, that's a good mantra. I like it. Okay, so <clears throat> now one thing you haven't talked about yet, which is near and dear to my heart, is food. So <laughs> in this kind of in this kind of scenario, what food would you want to have? You briefly mentioned not to, of course, panic by a bunch of a salad, for example. It's going to be bad. <laughs> Absolutely. Week. Right. But, so what kinds of things do you want to purchase? So um, it it depends on your layers right so like say on your person right you might be able to keep a candy bar but that's not going to get you very far long term no. um so as far as long-term food storage um this is a topic that i've spent quite a bit of thought on um just because well we all experienced it last year right and i was thankfully at the time i was already pretty well into getting myself, I guess, prepared fully in that, you know, I, I don't want to say fully because nobody can ever be fully prepared. Right. It's true. Uh, yeah. But just getting to more, more to my level of comfort, my goals, I was really checking off a lot of my goals in the food preparedness um, category. So I like to start with the basics, the stuff that's going to be the cheapest, the easiest to store, the longest term food storage, um, and just hit all of your macronutrients, your, your calorie needs. Um, so I kind of like to branch it into there's the dry goods are the basis to build everything off of. So you've got your rice, um, you've got your corn, um, 
you've got beans, whatever beans you like. Pinto are usually the cheapest and easiest to find. Nice. Um, and then, and then on top of that, you know, wheat, uh, hard bread, winter wheat, um, oats, things like that, oatmeal. Um, those dry goods store very easily. You can, what I like to do is I'll take a five gallon bucket, um, get a Mylar bag that's also five gallons, take that, fill it up to the top, um, put a couple of oxygen absorbers in it. Uh, I think for five gallons, 2000 cc's of oxygen absorbers is the right number. Um, and then seal up the top with a, uh, like a straightening iron. And then at that point, it's good to stay shelf stable for 25 plus years. Um, and it's, you know, it's pretty cheap. You know, you, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the prices are now because I haven't bought any in a while, but I think a 50 pound bag of rice, like Sam's club or Costco is going to run you around $20. Yeah. Um, that's quite a bit of calories for money. Yeah. For the amount of use you can get out of that. That's- yeah. It's really good, especially if you can make it last for 25 years. Because uh, then yeah. that's the kind of thing you have to do once. And then you kind of have that peace of mind of knowing that it's there and that you're at least somewhat covered yeah. in that regard. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and I like that system of having the buckets and the bags um, because they kind of just it layers there to protect it. So what, what the Mylar bags do is they're going to keep out the oxygen they're going to keep out the sunlight. And those are the things that are going to really make food deteriorate at a faster rate, um, lose their shelf life. Um, and then the bucket is just to keep anything and everything out of it, water, pests, you know, rodents, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just keep it up on a shelf off the ground. So, yeah. but yeah, those four categories are going to fill a lot of your, your basic uh, caloric needs. And then on, on top of that, you know, you can store stuff like, all of your dry goods, your pastas, um, you know, kind of things that you wouldn't bulk store, you, you know, you wouldn't, well, I personally wouldn't bulk store a lot of spaghetti, but um, not so much as rice, right? Yeah. Um, it, it depends how much you like spaghetti noodles. Um, but then on, on, top, <laughs> yeah, on, on top of your, on top of your dry goods, then you want to move towards other things that are also going to stay, um, maybe not 25 plus years shelf stable, but three or four years um like canned goods right so your canned vegetables your canned soups um canned fruits things of that nature canned sauces even you know i stockpile my favorite hot sauces you know because you never know (laughs) that's true that's true and and you know when you're having to eat rice and beans every day you want some variety there. something to spice it up at least uh definitely i could get old real fast yeah in the canned stuff would you also include canned meats like tuna fish, et cetera? Yeah, definitely. It can get quite expensive very quickly um, when you're trying to store canned meats. As far as the bang for your buck, amount of calories you're getting for the dollars you're spending um, mm-hmm. compared to your dry goods. And so, you know, that can, that, that's why I like having the beans in there, right? You're getting your proteins at least right, right. Um, from that. From that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I do, I do store like canned salmon, canned tuna, um, Vienna sausages, uh, uh, potted meat. Yeah. <laughs> Spam, <laughs> it, um... it might not. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it might not be the most uh, nutritional uh, or the most, I guess, healthiest meats, but yeah. they're going to get the job done. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things I like to do is rotate 
Um, because with, with canned foods, since they're going bad every few years, you just, you kind of do the first, first in first out thing that the grocery stores do, you know, whatever you put in first, that's what you consume first. That way you're, when you're resupplying, you know, every time you go to the store, you get another can, you add it to the back and you pull from the front. Um, that way you're constantly, you have a buffer of, of a few years from the time anything might happen. You never have to worry about that. Exactly. You don't want to get into the emergency situation and realize that most of your food is expired. <laughs> That's a little yeah, too late. Certainly. And, you know, I don't want to make a, a blanket recommendation here, but a lot of times, especially with canned goods, the, the dates of expiration on them um, are usually just for flavor guarantees. They're since they're canned in such a high quality facilities that are really safety minded, they last several years after that date actually um so you know if you do find yourself in a situation a few years down the road um that that could come in handy even you know if you find expired food you know give it the smell test right you know we have noses for a reason Mm -hmm. (laughs) if it smells rotten it's probably rotten okay that's good to know yeah you don't want to throw away food that is actually perfectly fine just because it's a day or two or even a month past the best buy date yeah definitely Okay. Yeah, so just give it a look, make sure there's no mold, make sure it's not, you know, smelling rotten, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's separated and doesn't look quite good, as long as there's no mold, you might be pretty okay. Uh, yeah, not not quite as good as it could be is better than no food at all. Yeah, definitely. All right. So talked about a lot of stuff. We had the, the three for preparedness, the mindset, the skills and yeah. equipment. Definitely we talked about. Then there was the there was another three. Um, the rule of three. That was it. Yeah, the rule of three. Yeah, yeah. Three minutes without air. Three hours without shelter. Three days without water. Three weeks without food. Talk right. about how to address each of those. And the five, the five C's. I'm gonna have to put That's these it. in the in the video <laughs> description. Thank you. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. There's something to cut with. Uh, right. Cordage. The rope. Yep. Um, something to combustion. burn. Combustion. Yeah. And then a container. Right. And another C. Cover. Cover. Cover was the last cover. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah, I'll, I'll get this yet. It'll be good. Okay. Good. So, then the general goal, uh, at least at least in this discussion here, is to go over the basics, right? Because there's so much depth that you could go into. Yes. It's expansive topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then before we close out, uh, I'm, I'm sure we can address this another time, go deeper in depth on some Definitely. really neat stuff we could do. But for today, talk about the basics or are there any closing thoughts you'd like to really hammer home to people who are listening? Um, well, since it's such an overwhelming topic and a lot of us, you know, when we're first starting into this, it, it can be quite difficult to pin down one thing to focus on is just always go back to the basics, Right those, you know, food, water, shelter, all of that. Um, and start with what you have, with what your budget is. You know, don't go out and spend your life savings on a bunch of freeze-dried food that's going to be overpriced and, you know, cost <laughs> way too much for what you're getting, um, at least not at, at the beginning, right? You want to focus on the basics um, is definitely the key there. So get yourself a lighter, get yourself a, you know, cheap water filter that's going to get the job done like the Sawyer Mini. Um those basics build that foundation 
and then go from there. Um, there's lots of online resources. Um, one of my favorites is survivalblog.com. Um, they've been around probably the longest when it comes to online presence of preparedness community. Um, and they're really just a wealth of information that is there. So definitely go check that out. Okay, so but it yeah, sounds, like, sounds like starting small is a key because it can be so overwhelming and so expensive, expansive. So starting with what you can do now and taking little steps sounds like a key part to not get overwhelmed. Certainly. Okay. Certainly. And then lots of available resources like the survivalblog.com. I know there are books. Yeah, survival blog is a good one. Yeah. Right. Um, and you can find plenty of PDFs of old manuals, old books um, online. I definitely would recommend looking into that because there's so much knowledge out there. There's so much free resources that you can take advantage of. It's building those skills and being able to build those skills for free. Um, they're really going to serve you better, in my opinion, than just buying all of the gear, buying all of the food, buying all of whatever and not knowing how to use it or how to regenerate resources. Mm. So definitely start with those free things because they can get you a lot farther, a lot quicker. Excellent. All right. I love it. We'll put definitely all of this in the uh, comment, the note, the notes section for the show. That'll make it easier. People remember some of the, the three C's, the five C's and all of that, but we can definitely get in, <laughs> delve some more into topics at a future date. I think this was great for a little overview. So, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, so Thomas Hicks, thanks so much again for coming on the show. And hey, thanks for having me, Joe. See you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you very much for watching this video. If you liked it, please like, share, subscribe, drop a comment. If you'd like, please go over and visit our website and donate to one of our causes. VIA couldn't do anything without the generous support of donors like you.